Hello and welcome to the Sincere Yogi Podcast, a podcast for yogis just like you who are seeking more from their yoga practice that you can't get in your average studio class. My name is Sarah and I'll be your host. Hello and welcome back to the Sincere Yogi Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. I am so excited to be here. I know this podcast episode has been a long time coming, so if you've been following along on social media or if you know me, thank you for your patience. You know that when I first started this podcast, I had zero expectations, but I honestly had no idea what I was doing, no idea what I really wanted to do or where I really wanted to go. And so when I started to get feedback and people downloading my podcast, talking to me about it, getting excited for a new episode or a new topic, it was scary but exciting at the same time. And so whenever something is both exciting but a little bit scary at the same time. I think that's good because it's a catalyst of growth. It means that you're moving outside of your comfort zone, but the fact that you're excited about it is that sort of passion and drive that allows you to move forward even though it's a little nerve-wracking. But Thank you for listening. If you are new to the Sincere Yogi podcast, welcome. If you're not new, welcome back. In this season, we're going to continue along with our journey of the eight-limbed path of yoga. So season one was a little introduction to who I am, why I'm here, what I do, and then we talked about the eight-limbed path of yoga not only what the eight-limbed path of yoga is, but we dove into the first two limbs. We talked about the yamas, which are the moral disciplines, the do's and the don'ts of the yoga practice. And then we talked about the niyamas, which are the mental observances of the yoga practice. And there's five yamas and five niyamas. We dove into each one in detail. So if you want a review, you can head on back to season one to review all of that. Otherwise, in season two, we are going to dive into the third limb of the eight-limbed path of yoga, which is the yoga asana. Now, most people enter their practice with the yoga asana. It's super common. There's nothing wrong with doing it that way. Some suggest to approach the eight-limbed path sequentially, learning the first two limbs before learning the asana. Now, whether or not you learned it that way, it doesn't really matter at this point. But what most will agree on, most schools of thought, most lineages of practice, is that you should have a solid foundation of some type of asana, some type of physical movement-based practice before diving into certain pranayama and certain meditation techniques. 
Now, this is for a whole host of reasons that we'll get into, and this doesn't mean that you have to have this super advanced, beautiful, perfect asana practice before you start to meditate, before you start to practice breath work. You can absolutely practice pranayama and practice meditation techniques without ever practicing asana. But as you'll learn when we go, there are certain techniques that will require you to have a certain strength and awareness of key engagements in order to properly, safely, and more effectively move into the deeper practices of pranayama. But without diving too much into detail regarding that, let's talk about what you can expect in the second season of the Sincere Yogi podcast. So it took me a little while to decide exactly how I wanted to approach the topic of asana, mainly because like I said, most of us are coming to this practice through the asana practice, and a lot of us already have a really deep understanding of the asana, but we also know that the asana is not the only aspect of practice and that the physical benefits are not the only reason to practice. There's a lot of reasons why we practice the yoga asana, and so I do want to talk about some key reasons today, really simplifying it in a way that is universal to all of the different styles and lineages. And then as we dive into into the different styles of asana that you'll see today in studio classes, online, some of the more common popularized styles of practice. We'll dive a little deeper into some of the reasonings and purposes behind the way that they're sequenced and the way that they approach the asana in general. So to sort of simplify the purpose of the practice of asana, For the sake of this episode, this little introduction, we're going to start off with the physical and then dive into the deeper layers of the asana practice. Now, yes, like I said, we know that there's more than just the physical practice. There's more than just the physical benefit, but there is a physical benefit to the postures that positively impact your health. And we can't really deny that because asana is a physical form of movement. The heat built in most asana practices helps you sweat out toxins and helps build strength and mobility in your body. Yes, there's definitely way more to it than just the physical, but we are working with the gross body, so that organic outer shell, the tangible, what we can see and touch and experience this life with. And it's that gross body that's the container for the subtle body and the deeper experiences within. This idea of having a more balanced physical body, which like I said, will look different for everyone, is among many schools of thought, among many spiritual practices today, not just yoga, but when we look at the health of the physical body as well as the emotional body, the mental body, we know that there's a link scientifically. We know there's a link between gut health and mental health. We know that there's signals to our brain and our body regarding our feelings and our body will have visceral reactions. So when one system starts to come into balance, then all of the rest of the systems can sort of fall into place. Now, asana is going to look different for everyone, and we're going to dive into that in the later episodes, talking about all of the different styles of asana to suit your unique needs and energy. 
there's so many different modalities and schools of thought on how to practice the asana that there's really something for everyone at the end of the day. And each mode of entry has that proof of concept in terms of helping you relax your mind, get in tune with your body, and build the deeper foundations and awareness within. But going back to this idea of balancing out the physical body, BKS Iyengar is a really good example of this. BKS Iyengar, who coined the methodology of Iyengar Yoga, which we'll get into this season, has a very unique approach to asana. And a lot of that stems from his personal practice and what he was experiencing in his physical body when he came to the postural practice of yoga. I believe he had polio. When he came to the physical practice, he said he was physically weak and had a very hard time with the postures, but over time, the postures helped build the strength, stability, and foundation to help him find a better state of balance and overall physical health. Now, this isn't to say that yoga is going to cure your polio or any physical ailment, but we know that exercise, that building healthy mobility, building strength, sweating out toxins... We know that this is good for our physical body, and it's a natural elimination process and overall healing process. A lot of the asana and the alignments within the asana, especially nowadays with everything being very alignment-focused, a lot of these alignments can actually help aid the physical body in minor misalignments due to poor posture, sitting at a desk all day, things like a tilted pelvis or slouched shoulders. So the physical practice also helps build the strength and that alignment of the skeletal structure. Now, when we talk about building that strength and that mobility in the physical body, which is a benefit and purpose to the asana practice, The reason that is so is so that you can build the strength and mobility to sit in meditation and pranayama practices for longer. And not just longer, but with more attention and awareness because you've eliminated the distractions of the physical body. So this is also where the idea of practicing more sequentially and having some experience and understanding of the physical asana will aid you in the practices of the limbs to come. So starting off with meditation, sitting in a seat comfortably for an extended period of time with your legs crossed on the ground is really challenging, especially if you have a tight low back, tight hips, tight knees, and meditation pillows and blocks and props are great, but if you're really stiff, it's going to be so challenging to get outside of that discomfort in your body and start to get into the deeper aspects of your mind. That's not to say it can't be done and that you can't sit in a different position or find a more comfortable position to meditate in, but best practice in general is a combination of the yoga practices and having somewhat of a foundation in yoga asana to make your meditation a little easier on your physical body, allowing your meditation practice to be that much more effective, and allowing you to access those deeper spaces without that sort of roadblock and with a little more ease. 
Now, what's funny is the Ashtanga Yoga Method, which I talked about a little bit in Season 1, the Ashtanga Yoga Method has set sequences, and the primary series, which is challenging as is, is the first series students start to learn. Now, there's a lot that happens in the primary series that's really challenging to navigate when you're just starting off. All of the binds, the half lotus, the leg variations, the arm balances and dynamic movements. It's a lot of work just to learn that very first sequence. Now, the irony of this, and of course, this is very simplified, but everything that's happening with the hip joint, with the knee, with all of those challenging postures help the student or practitioner set themselves up to sit comfortably in a full lotus. Full lotus being an ideal seat or posture for meditation. Not only is it great for meditation, but it can lead into other postures to come. But we talked about the physical benefits, detoxification process, the physical strength and mobility, the physical alignment of the body, And then we talked about how those physical benefits can aid in the practice of meditation because it allows you to remove the distractions of the physical body and sit comfortably or a little more comfortably for longer periods of time. Now let's talk about the benefits of the asana practice in pranayama and the energetic body. Pranayama comes after asana practices for a few different reasons. One being the physical benefits of the postures that allow you to sit because a seated position is once again sort of ideal for a lot of pranayama practices, not all, but a lot. But asana and the practice of breath in asana helps you understand how to breathe properly in pranayama practices. There are certain pranayama practices that require that attention to detail of the diaphragmatic breath, of the internal locks, the bandhas, which are core engagements in your body that aid in how you breathe in your asana practice. Now, we need to have this sort of breath awareness, the capacity to breathe deeply, and this capacity to retain the breath for a certain period of time comfortably without stressing the body. And the asana practice can help prepare your body for this as well. Not only can you build awareness to do these pranayama practices, but you're also building an awareness of the sensations of your body, of the movement of breath and energy in your body. Prana is that vital life energy. Prana is believed to be in you, in me, in every living thing. It's a very unifying point to this lived experience. We go through this exchange of prana subconsciously every day by simply breathing and being alive, but when we tune into our body during these practices, then we discover a whole new experience and relationship of breath, energy, and body. And yes, there are certain pranayama practices that you don't necessarily have to have a super deep understanding of asana in order to practice. You don't ever have to practice asana in order to practice certain pranayamas. However, without the asana practice, 
it can be more challenging to learn certain aspects of pranayama and more challenging to dive deeply within and discover what's really happening within the subtle body. So the asana is a great tool to bring you into your breath, into your body, start to build that awareness, relationship, and foundation, as well as physically prepare the body to perform and practice the exercises to come. Now, on top of pranayama and just breath work in terms of energy, the physical postures all focus on movements around the spine, the spine being a heavy container for our energetic body. Our body is full of different pathways for energy in the same way that we have veins as pathways to carry blood and oxygen to organs and key spaces in our physical being. Energetically, we can't see these sort of pathways or highways, but a lot of the asana is focused on these energetic points, on the movement of the spine, to help clear any energetic blocks, to help open and clear these pathways for more profound experiences once again in the practices to come. So asana is a great tool to have in your arsenal when it comes to approaching the practice of yoga. It is not the entirety of the yoga practice, and the physical benefits of the asana are the tip of the iceberg in the discussion of the practice of asana and the overall benefits of yoga in general. But we can't discredit the physical benefits either, as they do help us along the way as we learn other tools to our practice in the later limbs. That was a lot of information in this one episode. I wanted to keep it short and light. I wanted to give you just some base information and understanding as we dive into this season, and I'm really excited to move forward discussing different lineages and different styles of asana in the next episode. Next episode, we'll be talking about the practice of Hatha Yoga, diving a little bit more into the history, as well as the approach to asana. And while asana and classes are constantly evolving and changing as yoga becomes more and more popular, hopefully this will help give you a greater idea of what to expect in studio classes near you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm so excited for season two to roll out. Thank you for your patience. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me on the Sincere Yogi Podcast. If you want to deepen your yoga and meditation practice, check out my workshops and masterclasses on the Playbook app or join my guided meditation series on Insight Timer. If you just want to stop by, say hi, and see what's up, you can find me at the Sincere Yogi on Instagram. 